What's up everybody and welcome back to A Casual's Guide to MMA, a show for the fans and by the fans. I'm your host Abhishek and the disclaimer still stands. I'm an MMA fan who likes to chat shit, so don't take anything I say too seriously. Today I'm going to be giving my predictions for the upcoming UFC event between Derek Brunson and Edwin Shabazian in Vegas. Unfortunately, my co-host Anish couldn't make it today as he was busy but he will be back for the next show on Monday. So let's get started. The main card opens up with a weird fight between Trevin Giles and Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland coming off an impressive win over Hernandez, but his UFC career hasn't gone to plan in my opinion. He had a lot of hype coming into his UFC de- after his UFC debut, sorry, when he took a fight against Shorten took a fight on short notice against Thiago Santos. Thiago Santos, a legit 205-pound title contender right now, went the distance with Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland was talking trash throughout the entire fight, and Dana White, I remember after that event, was heaping praise at Kevin Holland, saying that, oh, this guy is a future star, he can do really well, but it hasn't gone to plan. I don't know if it was, he was, wasn't was prepared for the ground game or what it was, but he was making a lot of mistakes on the ground. You could see that in the Brendan Allen fight where Brendan Allen really had his way with him on the ground. The same could be said about Trevin Giles. Trevin Giles, again, when he fought Gerald Mearshart, he was swept left, right and center, and he got caught in multiple submissions and finally got choked up. It was, it was quite a dominant win by Gerald Mearshart. He came back after that, coming and fought James Krause when James Krause took the fight on short notice. James Krause is a 155-pound fighter. He went up to middleweight because he took the fight on a day's notice and did extremely well against Trevin Giles, won the first round and arguably won the third round. So Trevin Giles, in a way, is fighting for his UFC career. I don't think there's any doubt about it that he, has, he, has, he hasn't technically got a legit 185-pound victory under his belt because he did fight somebody who was not one but two weight classes below him so the chopping block could be at stake for Trevin Giles Kevin Holland I think is a lot more sharp around the feet and I don't think either of them want to take it to the ground looking at their ground game so it looks like Kevin Holland would get the fight he's always wanted he always says get me a striker get me a striker well he's got a striker and I think he's gonna flourish I think this is a good matchup for him a good chance for him to maybe get a KO maybe make that statement and be like yo it was a learning curve and now's my chance to show the UFC that I'm a contender I'm improving I can get into that top 15 of the middleweight division maybe this is his opportunity and Trev but he's fighting somebody in Trevin Giles, who's backed into a corner, it's fighting for his life, fighting, maybe fighting for his UFC career, and that man is a dangerous man. So this, there's a reason that this fight is on the main card and is opening up the main card. This could be a great fight. Could be your, if I would give a prediction for early fight of the night prediction, it would have to be this fight, because both men stand and bang, and it could be blood, blood and more blood. I think Kevin Holland gets this done, so I'm going to go Kevin Holland by late TKO, let's say that. Now moving on, never mind when I said that that was going to be the fight of the night, because when you look at the next fight on the card, it's Lando Venata against Bobby Green. 
we've already seen that fight happen once at UFC 216 and honestly Lando Venata really did well in that fight he hurt Bobby Green bad in that first round but he was reckless landed an illegal knee and then that's the reason Bobby Green technically got a draw because of the uh because Venata was doctor point so Venata truly believes that he won that fight and honestly he should go with that confidence considering he beat Bobby Green up and now he looks a lot more composed he fought in that Albuquerque card and you could see it he was very composed in the way he fought took his time looked very smooth looked like the land of Venata who kind of fought Tony Ferguson where he created all sort of ruckus in his UFC debut took the fight again on short notice and really almost finished Tony Ferguson that would have been the biggest upset of all time so Lando Venata the minute you see him he, they call him groovy Lando for a reason when he finds that groove when he's in the zone it's very hard to beat him Bobby Green on the other hand very good boxing solid boxer but i don't think this is going to be a boxing range at all Venata has very good kicks great range management keeps his hands a little too low for my liking but hey his head movement is fantastic and i think he's going to run through bobby green this isn't going to be close bobby green had a really 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 tough fight against somebody like clay guida who's honestly at the end of his career and if you have a war like that with guida it's very difficult to fight somebody like venata who's just getting better and better and better he's getting more comfortable he's with his style he's he's loose and i think he's really going to hurt Bobby Green in this. He's not going to go in a boxing range because I think that's Bobby Green's best chance of winning the fight because Bobby Green is dangerous and has fantastic boxing, but Venata with his kicks and his range management is just going to what do you say, keep it at distance and get the job done. I'm going to go Venata by decision. Moving on to the next fight on the card, it's a fight which including Randy Brown couldn't believe he got which was Vincente Luque against Randy Brown. Vincente Luque, a top 15 welterweight fighter who had fought Steven Wonderboy Thompson about two fights ago who is number 6. So you could see the level that Vincente Luque is at. He's fighting somebody like R- Randy Brown, the Dana White looking for a fight stop. So Randy Brown coming off two wins he beat Brian Barberina Brian Barberina the man with the iron chin very difficult to stop Luke I think was the first one to stop him and then Randy Brown did it as well so Randy Brown has looked good but this is a huge 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 step up for him huge step up Vincente Luque's Muay Thai is fantastic He's so crisp. His striking is so good. You could see it in that Nico Price fight. Nico he never gave Nico Price that chance to brawl at all. He kept it technical and he peppered him and he made it a really and he caught him with that beautiful left hook. I'll never forget that left hook. It was picture perfect and really fucked up Nico Price's eye. So Vincente Luque's striking is on another level altogether. Trains at a really good gym at Hard Knocks. I think they rebranded but I'm not sure what the name is but he trains with Gilbert Burns Gilbert Burns the number one contender in the welterweight division so if that's the level of people you're training with you, who knows how good you are you know what I mean fantastic fighter Randy Brown 
he was killed in that really weird way if anybody remembers against uh, uh, Nico Price when Nico Price hammer fisted him from the bottom nobody had seen that before but he hammer fisted him from the bottom and knocked him out cold it was a brutal brutal knockout nobody expected it smart from Randy Brown I remember he took some time off healed properly reinvented himself he is a young fighter he, he doesn't have a lot of experience so he took that time and then he came back and he fought Brian Barberina tough matchup for anybody stopped him then came back and got another submission win so Randy Brown is on a bit of a streak but I think they pushed him too soon because Vincente Luke I don't know if he just wants to fight regularly or what the scene is but but he just wants to fight and just take bodies I guess he beat Nico Price this year he's going for Randy Brown now and I think Vincente Luque finishes Randy Brown quite easily I think this if you had to have a lock of the night or somebody where you would bet the house on it has to be this fight because with Vincente Luque is a very very good fighter he's an underrated fighter not many people know of him but man can he fight man can he strike and I think he's gonna knock Randy Brown out cold and this this is a bit of like it's a fight where one fighter is completely overmatched over the other he has more experience in he has the higher ranking he has the momentum he has everything on his side Vincente Luque it's weird that he chose to fight somebody who's behind him in the rankings I was I was expecting him to probably fight somebody slightly ahead of him considering he got that rebound win against Nico Price and would love would love to look forward but I guess he wants to stay active which is always a good thing and who doesn't love to see a Vincente Luque fight I mean everybody whenever he fights people tune in so Vincente Luque against Randy Brown I feel bad for Randy Brown but I think this is going to be an easy fight for Vincente Luque and then we go up to everybody's favorite Scotswoman, Jojo Calderwood. Uh, weird to see her stepping up and taking this fight on short notice against Jennifer Meyer because she was guaranteed the title shot against Val Valentina Shevchenko. It was scheduled in June, if I'm not wrong. And then COVID happened and then Valentina got injured. So she said she wanted the fight to be pushed. Jojo didn't want to wait, so she stepped in and took the fight against Jennifer Meyer. Weird decision considering Jennifer Meyer hasn't made weight in her last two fights, always struggles to make weight. And honestly, the heavier fighter is always gonna, always gonna be a problem, especially for a striker like Jojo who doesn't want to be on the ground. Jennifer Meyer with that extra weight will it'll always be an advantage for her to go down and take the fight to the ground. So, I don't know why she took the fight. Maybe she knows something that we don't know. Maybe she's just looking fantastic in the gym and she just wants to take advantage of that. Get in some rounds. She doesn't want to be rusty when she fights Valentina because fighting Valentina at the top of your game is hard enough. To have ring rust and then fight Valentina Shevchenko is a whole nother story. So, it's weird that she maybe that's the reason she took the fight, but... I'm happy. Love Jojo. Love seeing her fight. And she's fighting Jennifer Meyer. Jan whoever wins this fight is going to fight Valentina for the title next. I mean, if Jennifer Meyer makes weight, that is. I don't think you can give her a title shot after missing weight. It, it's just not fair. Three times in a row you miss weight and then 
you can't get a title shot where you're supposed to make one at 125 if she's struggling to make 126 how the hell is she going to make 125 so it makes no sense hopefully she stays disciplined this time she's able to cut that weight make that weight fight and come in at 125 jojo has apart from valentina she has really good stand up i think one of the best in the division apart from valentina of course valentina is on another level but excluding her jojo has extremely good muay thai very good stand up and she 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 was speaking about it in an interview as well that everybody thinks that they want to stand with her and then after the f- after a few exchanges they realize oh shit this girl's legit and they always go for the takedown she said she's prepared for it hopefully she is because it'll be it'll be extremely sad to see her take this fight on short notice and then lose her title shot based on that especially if maya misses weight and she uses that extra weight in order to grapple and keep jojo down and and make turn this fight ugly i don't see any any of these fighters finish finishing each other cuz at the lower weight classes very difficult to knock somebody out and i don't think either of them are crazy submission threats in order to finish the fight on the ground either so this is most probably going to go the distance hopefully jojo gets it done honestly being like i i'm fully behind her in terms of support and i want her to win really badly but this is a bad this is this isn't a bad matchup for her but it's more of a annoying match where she isn't going to look that great doing it she's not going to it's not going to be something that everybody looks at this performance is like oh shit jojo's legit she can beat valentina it'll be a very grindy performance in order to beat jennifer maya hopefully she gets it done and i have to back her so i'm going to go with jojo by decision but this fight is a very very close fight i would say about 55 to 45 if you look at it in terms of percentages in terms in jojo's favor hopefully she's in good shape as well that's one thing to take into account cuz she is taking this fight on short notice so how much has she been training in the gym like how ready is she cuz her fight got canceled did she balloon up in weight did she did she stop training in order and waited for the fight to get rescheduled before getting back in camp so all of these things are not answered hopefully she's ready she's in good shape both fighters make the weight and then we have a great fight on saturday and finally we come to the main event the one with the most intrigue we have ronda rousey's very own fighter in Edmund Shabazian of course Edmund Shabazian managed by Ronda Rousey the former bantamweight champion and UFC Hall of Famer and the disgraced coach Edmund Tavardian I mean Edmund Tavardian got all the shit in the world when everybody realized that Ronda Rousey is striking in shit and she was a lot of hype and she was fighting f- fighting girls who were honestly not on a very high level we can say that quite confidently i mean it's the same could be said about the men as well you see the quality of mma 10 years ago and you see the quality of mma right now it's not even close even if you look at the quality of mma 5 years ago and you see the quality of mma now it's not even close so mma keeps on evolving ronda rousey was ahead of her time in terms of she was a, she was an olympic judoka she won the bronze medal her armbar technique is 
second to none in my opinion she's the best in terms of her armbar technique she can get anybody with that armbar when it's on the ground but i don't know if she bought into her own hype or what it was if it was her coaches and then they told her to believe in her striking that was Edmund and then she thought that she could knock Holly Omar got knocked out she thought she could do the same Amanda Nunes got knocked out so after those two fights everybody started to shit on Edmund everybody started saying he's the worst coach ever he doesn't know anything about MMA and then here comes this little boy Edmund Shabazian who was Ronda Rousey's training partner you could see him in all those old public workouts Ronda Rousey used to do where she used to flip him around here and there but man this guy has grown up learning MMA this is the new generation of people who are growing up learning MMA if you look at the current generation and the older generation they, they've always picked a particular specialty if you look at Wadoom it's jiu-jitsu then he built up his striking if it's DC it's wrestling then he built up everything else but now you have the younger generation of fighters who d- don't specialize in anything, but they've trained MMA all their life. And Edmund Shabazian, honestly, his first fight against Charles Bird, not that impressive. Everybody was going on saying that, oh, like, he's getting into the UFC because he's Ronda Rousey's, Ronda Rousey's his manager and Edmund's his coach and he isn't that great. Then he fought John Phillips, and John Phillips, he destroyed him. And Joe Rogan made it a big deal, saying, oh, he's the real deal at that point in time. I mean, he was a minus 800 favorite to win that fight, so it's it, he was expected to win it, but nobody expected to win it in that devastating fashion. And then he fought Brad Tavares, and oh my word, that was the performance where everybody was like, holy shit this boy is legit he's really 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 good he was so patient he hurt he caught Tavares if I remember correctly multiple times and he hurt him multiple times but not once did he rush in not once did he like go crazy and start throwing bombs in order to knock him out he was so calm so relaxed picked his shots and set up that beautiful left high kick. I mean, damn, man. Anybody would be impressed seeing that. That high kick was spectacular. And he knocked him out cold. I mean, only the elite beat Brad Tavares. If you look at Brad Tavares' resume, Arasanya beat him. Whitaker beat him. Romero beat him. Like, that's the level of fighters he loses to. He doesn't lose, lose to like the normal fighters who are not that great or who's going to be the 10 to 15 range the he usually beats all of those guys he's a top 10 middleweight but Shabazian just put him out in the first round cold and that was a bad KO bad bad KO but then he's fighting somebody like Derek Brunson and Derek Brunson people are writing him off honestly and I feel bad for him because he has reinvented himself he fought Izzy. He he was he was known as what Izzy called him a bum rusher, right? That's all he did. He used to run in Russian, head first, chin up, swing those punches. Sometimes it worked. If you look at that Uriah Hall fight, that pressure was too much for Hall. He couldn't handle it, and he got knocked out. But 
when you're fighting the elite level fighters like the Robert Whittakers who knocked him out in Australia or the Adesanyas who can time your shots, there's no way you can beat them. And Jacare Souza, I think Brunson was, that was just Brunson, I don't know if it was him fighting in, the home, in his hometown, which made him a little nervous, but he got caught with that high kick. Anderson Silva also beat him. So if you look at all the people that have beaten him, Anderson Silva, Adesanya, Whitaker, Romero, all of them are the top of the top, right? He never loses. He fought Ian Heinish. Ian Heinish is a fantastic fighter, great size for this division. He had all the talent in the world. He had the hype behind him as well. He hurt Brunson with the high kick, but he doesn't lose to fighter. He fought Theodoro. Same thing happened. He fights these fighters who are below him outside the top 10. He never loses to any of them. He only loses to the top fighters, similar to Tavares. So... This is a good test to see if Edmund is ready for this next level or not. Because if he beats Derek Brunson, you know he's legit. Because nobody beats Derek Brunson just like that. And Derek Brunson, I think after the Adesanya knockout, he changed things up. He got a coach. He was us- he was training at home, I think, in Charlotte. He was training at home on his own. He had a couple of uh, boxing trainers or anything, but he wasn't in an MMA gym. Now he's moved to an MMA gym. He trains in an MMA gym. Then he came back against Theodoru and looked good. Not Didn't look great, honestly, but he looked good. Then he fought Ian Heinish. Ian Heinish had all the hype behind him. And I remember on the first round, landed a beautiful head kick. Beautiful head kick. And hurt Brunson bad. Brunson stayed calm. What do you say? He held on to the single leg took his time, regained his composure, and grinded out a victory. It was a hard-fought victory, but it was a victory nonetheless. And he was calling out Till, I remember, after Till beat Gaslam, saying that, come get this smoke or whatever. Unluckily, he got Shabazian, somebody behind him, because I think if he lost to Till, his stock doesn't drop as much as it would if he fought somebody like Shabazian. But he's getting a main event. This is a chance to prove all the haters wrong, because I think everybody is jumping on that bandwagon. Everybody wants Shabazian to win that fight because he is that next star. He he's super young. He has Ronda Rousey, who's super duper marketable behind him, who's promoting him, who's managing him, who's po- putting all these videos on Instagram to like bring him even more attention. So everybody wants this young kid from Armenia to win, and he looks like he's the real deal as well. If you look at his skill set. He's well-rounded. It's not like he has any weaknesses. It's not like, oh my God, he can't wrestle or his jiu-jitsu sucks or his striking sucks. He's good at everything. He's calm and he looks like the real deal. So Derek Brunson has a big point to prove here. He needs to prove that he is the best fighter. He, Sorry, he is the better fighter. And he is in a stepping stone for all of these young fighters because it's a very similar path that Adesanya took, right? Adesanya beat... Tavares in July or June, I think, in on International Fight Week. And then he fought Brunson. Same thing's happening to Shabazian. He fought Tavares and now he's fighting Brunson. So it looks like the UFC think of Derek Brunson as a bit of a stepping stone, which is sad considering he is a talented guy. He has really good wins on his record as well. But, I mean, I'd, he is in a fighter who's going to 
fight for the title right very difficult considering he's lost to all the top opponents whenever he was given that chance and given that step up he's always faltered so then what else can the ufc do but to book him against these fighters and because he has a name everybody most people know at least in the mma world of derek brunson so you he, he's always a good name to have to get these for these youngsters to get on their resume so this is his chance to prove him wrong and be like yo you guys doubted me i'm ready give me another shot at that those top level guys cuz i've reinvented myself and i'm a better fighter but saying all of this i have to go with admin shabazian i think if i if you take out the tavares fight there was no chance i was going with admin shabazian because john phillips fight and the chris bird fight were not that great in terms of didn't really impress me as much but that tavares fight more than him knocking out tavares it's the patience he he had in order to find that perfect time to land that head kick which made me think that he, this guy's a real deal like only the top level fighters do that only the top level fighters have that patience to pick shots and pick the right shots in order to finish the blow not rush in to get that knockout so i'm going to go admin shabazian and i'm going to go early knockout this is a three round fight if you remember it's not a five round fight because the main event was supposed to be holly home against irene aldana sadly aldana got uh, covid and tested positive and had to pull out so these i think shabazian was campaigning for it to be a five round fight but i don't think it's good for him to have a five round fight right now like especially since he didn't train for it if he trained for it it's another story altogether but the fact that he it was like a short notice turn it's, it's okay you're fighting somebody who's higher ranked if this is a step up in competition for you take the three round fight you can fight at your own pace you don't have to pace yourself as much as you would for a five round fight because you have to be a lot more conservative because you have to go 25 minutes it's not easy to go 25 minutes so when it comes to this fight it's three rounds he can fight his normal fight doesn't have to worry about anything could just stay calm stay focused and i think he gets the job done i think i don't know if i'm jumping on the hype train or what it is but i just think again this is a this will be a good match up for him brunson will stay calm in the beginning in my opinion i think he's going to stay calm in the beginning he's going to take his time but once he gets that bell rung it's difficult to change what's already instilled in you that's what dc said about rumble johnson right the first thing when you are in a tough tough situation you always go back to basics and his uh-huh. basics rumble johnson was wrestling and that's why everybody was shocked by it. oh why is rumble johnson going after dc's when when dc wants him to wants to wrestle why is he going to wrestle because he was panicking and that's what you go to and i think brunson the same thing is going to happen to brunson i think brunson after getting hit a couple of times is going to be like holy shit what the hell is happening and he's going to bum rush and then that's when shabazian is going to get that perfect shot and i think he's going to knock him out early so i'm going to go edmund shabazian i'm going to go early knockout and i think everybody's going to jump on the bandwagon after that i don't i don't think he's we should say that he's championship level fighter yet but he's definitely a top level fighter if he beats Derek Brunson. And finally, we look at the best of the rest. Now, this is usually my pick 
of one file in the prelims or early prelims in this card obviously there's just prelims no early prelims and my choice for this week is a fight between the two veterans Ed Herman against Gerald Mearshart we were talking about Kevin Holland and Trevin Giles well Gerald Mearshart fought both of them and he dominated Trevin Giles obviously not the most entertaining fighter if you look at it in he has a lot of finishes he does get a lot of finishes but when he fights top level guys like when he fought Jack Hermanson he got subbed he even Kevin Holland beat him by decision so he i mean he is in the best of fighters great he's good on the ground but nothing too crazy you know what i mean he's a he's a journeyman fighter you could call him and then you look at Ed Herman the 39 year old man this guy knocked out Pat Cummins recently like he there's no quit in this guy like he's 39 years old he's been fighting in the UFC for so long and he's continuing to win like that's mad impressive regardless of how this fight goes Ed Herman deserves our respect he he really deserves who's who's doing that who's fighting for that long and still getting finishes he he beat uh, Pat Cummins i mean Pat Cummins is a fantastic fighter and to knock him out that's crazy i think when it comes to this fight Herman needs to keep this fight on the feet because i think Mirshad's better on the ground and i think that's his best chance of winning Herman needs to keep this fight on the feet as much as possible and i think he can land that killer blow he just needs to stay patient even might not even have to land that killer blow but i think on the feet he's a lot better than mirshad so as long as he keeps it on the feet hits him with all like, keep, keeps distance and wait for that power shot because it will come i don't think he should go for the early knockout wait for mirshad to get desperate once mirshad gets desperate an easy knockout for you then he comes in desperate that's your chance to land your your big right hand or your knees and knock him out so i think when you look at the prelims and early prelims that's the fight to look out for so anyway that's been the podcast for today a slightly shorter podcast obviously cuz anish is in here so we couldn't get his valuable opinion on all these fights he will be back next monday and on friday for the next prediction video we'll miss him for this we missed him for this podcast but he'll be back soon and that's it for me so i'm abhishek and i'll talk to you guys later peace